we have a political system that over decades has been manufactured to primarily serve the interest of the Republican and Democratic parties. And at the core of any problem that you think that exists within our our political system, whether it's hyper-partisanship, whether it's too much money in politics, whether it's gerrymandering, whether whatever problem you see stems from the, the fact that our electoral and political system is now an industry that is controlled by a two-party duopoly to serve their interests above the public interest. You're listening to Top Lane to Duopoly, a podcast by independent-minded voters for independent-minded voters, where we take a deep dive into the systemic problems that have left so many voters feeling disenchanted or disenfranchised completely in the U.S. political process. We also explore what the duopoly means and the impact it has on competition and accountability in elections. We further examine the nonpartisan solutions to foster elections that are fairer, more competitive, and more accountable to voters. Elections, after all, should serve voters, not parties. On this episode of Toppling the Duopoly, we're doing something a little bit different. It's going to be a shorter episode. I'll be off next week. I'll be hosting the Unrig It podcast for the National Association of Nonpartisan Reformers. For more information on the association, you can go to nonpartisanreformers.org. But for this episode, I'm actually going to feature a previous interview I did with author and podcaster Jim Duncan on his podcast, Independent Riot. Independent Riot is another podcast that's featured on IVN.us. If you go to IVN.us right now, you can check out some of the previous interviews that he has done. There are great interviews. One of them includes me as we talk, as we delve into the nature of the duopoly and the reforms that are being proposed uh, to, to make elections more accountable to voters. It's a wonderful discussion. Part of that, though, is to examine exactly what is the duopoly. To understand why we need reform, why nonpartisan reform is so important, It we need to understand what the duopoly is, what it means, because a lot of people think it means dumping the major parties, which I assert and other reformers assert that the nonpartisan reform movement is not about being anti-party. We understand that the the parties have a role within the process. That role, though, is not to be gatekeepers of the electoral process. It shouldn't be to be the gatekeepers of the electoral process and to control it at every level to decide what competition is allowed. And essentially what the two parties have decided is that they don't want competition in the process. And therefore, we have the only industry in America where the consumers or the people who are supposed to be the consumers, which are the voters, are told that competition is a bad thing. And we are conditioned to accept this as normal, as well as the state of politics today. But none of this, none of this should be considered normal. So stick around for this segment I have with Jim. Again, it's a really good conversation. If you want to check out the whole interview, go to ivian.us, check it under Independent Riot. It's it's a really in-depth, comprehensive uh, conversation on the nature of the duopoly and the reforms that are being proposed to allow elections to be more accountable, more transparent, and fairer for voters. Because after all, elections should serve voters, not parties. might try to start this discussion um, with a big picture uh, question of... Why does the two-party system, Republicans and Democrats, suck? 
what's the main <laughs> thing going wrong well, with it? <laughs> well, you know, and I, and I, I, ahead of this, I was thinking of all the ways that I could answer this question because it's a topic yeah. that you could really devote hours to. Oh yeah. And books, there are, mul books there are multiple yeah. books on this subject. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think in the short time we have, um, in very simple terms, at the foundation of the problem, I mean, most most voters look at, at what's going on in our nation's politics and they recognize that it doesn't serve their interests, yeah. um, really. Um, and at the core, it's a lot of people look at it and they'll, and they'll say that the, the system is broken, but really the system is working the way it was designed to. Yeah, uh, we have a political system that over decades has been manufactured to primarily serve the interest of the Republican and Democratic parties. Yep. And at the core of any problem that you think that exists within our our political system, whether it's hyperpartisanship, whether it's too much money in politics, whether it's gerrymandering, whether whatever problem you see at its core stems from the, the fact that our electoral and political system is now an industry that is controlled by a two-party duopoly to serve their interests above the public interest, which one would, ex I mean, that serving the public interest is what one would expect from a representative former government, but that's simply not what we have today. Yep. And I think um, that is one of the groundbreaker uh, big things that sort of uh, crystallized my thinking on this was, which I'm sure you're aware of, Catherine Gale and mm -hmm. Michael Porter's study in 2017 on the yeah. politics industry, and basically assessing politics from a business analysis standpoint. And right. it basically came up with the exact same conclusion that you're saying that it's actually working properly, only to simplify it, the voters aren't the customers. Right, the right. corporate interests and the political parties themselves are the customers. Mm -hmm. And um, and one point that I would uh, bring up for any viewers or listeners is, which it shocks me that a lot of people don't realize this or haven't thought about it in the, these terms, that the Republicans and Democrats, because we've always had it that way, we assume they're like, it's a legitimate part of our government to be Republicans mm. and Democrats, like it's somehow sanctioned in the constitution, but there's nothing, these are private private organizations mm. that are sort of there. There's no, there's nothing in the constitution that says we need Republicans and Democrats. And there's nothing holding these private institutions to a certain behavior. Mm. So outside of the, the individuals being elected to office. So, um, so that's fascinating to me that lots of times people just think it has to be a two-party mm -hmm. system with the Republicans well, and Democrats. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Catherine Gell and Michael Porter's work because I was going to mention it as well because it, it has helped me kind of uh, reshape the way that I talk about this yeah. in more simple terms because as you said, so talking with Catherine and Michael, their work was initially designed to help the business community better understand the need for broad systemic reform. And so they put it in industry terms. They put the, uh, the, the politics industry, as they call it, in industry terms to help them. But 
it, it has helped really the average American better understand the problem too. Yeah. Because when you look at it as an industry, you can make very important um, analogies and allegories to what our system is, is, is very much like. So th- our system today is akin to if you wanted to go out to eat for dinner and you only had two restaurants to choose from. Yeah. And you may not like the two restaurants that you might think that the they, they don't have the consumer's interest at heart and you might disagree with their business practices. But there are no other restaurants that you can go to because yeah. on top of being the dominant restaurant chains in this in this industry, they also control all the rules and regulations of that industry <laughs> itself. So they are allowed to keep competition from emerging. And so in very simple, in those very simple terms, you can understand the problem with our current political industry. And that, to your point, they are private uh, organizations. And it's important to note that when we talk about reform, it's not an anti-party message. The the fact that the Republican and Democratic parties exist is not a problem. The, The problem is that they have exclusive control over how we elect our public officials and the entire political process itself and have have rigged the rules essentially uh, to their benefit exclusively rather than the voters benefit. And that's in that restaurant analogy uh, again, because, yeah, people seem to like people are are basically educated to know that a monopoly is bad. But mm-hmm. somehow they don't understand that a duopoly, if the two t- sides are are working together, is the same thing as a monopoly. It, right, it's, right. It, I mean, there's a little bit more competition, but for the most part, it's not true competition. And like in that restaurant analogy, even if, and this is uh, something that at times I've, I've struggled to get people to understand, but so you have those two restaurants that you don't like your choices there and how they're performing and they're, and they're regulating themselves, which means there's no regulation. If you opened up competition where there were five other restaurants, you might never even have to eat at those five other restaurants, but the competition itself is going to make those two main restaurants up their game and be mm-hmm. more responsive to the customer. Well, and that, you know, and and when you read Catherine Gale and Michael Porter's work, they explain, again, in industry terms, that's how a free market industry should work. Is yep. that if, if, you have, uh, if you have a monopoly or a duopoly, or if you have an industry that's predominantly controlled or, or ha- is, is dominated by a company or maybe two companies, if they don't serve the interest of their consumers, a, a competitor can still emerge to take their business away from them in most industries. The problem in our politics industry is that's impossible because of the regulations and rules that the parties have been allowed to, to put in place. From the very beginning of the electoral process, you can start off with the primaries. You have partisan primary systems that from the beginning force people to choose from two sides. The narrative is always on the Republican Democratic Party and 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 their contest between each other and this very us versus them uh, political narrative that has allowed the media to treat our our politics as a spectator sport. Yep. 
And then you have, I mean, again, any real issue that you have with our, like that we, you, gerrymandering is a problem. Uh, the, you know, the parties control how our electoral districts are drawn so they can, they can form these, the, they can split up communities so that people aren't properly represented. Uh, you know, the political parties, if you think money in politics is a problem, the political parties control the largest flow of money in our, in our political industry. A lot of people yep. don't think about that because in the, main, the mainstream conversation on say money in politics, um, you know, you hear a lot about, say, super PACs and independent expenditures and all the money they spend on campaign ads. And certainly that's something that can be addressed. But something that isn't discussed is that there are limitations on pretty much all political giving that anyone can give except for the political parties. Yep. And in fact, yeah. when you look at FEC regulations, the, the highest the, the, the organizations that are allowed to receive the highest amount of donations from any group are the political parties. And they have an unlimited flow of money between the national parties and the, and the campaigns. So that money can constantly interchange and flow without limit. Yep. So really any, any, again, any issue you see with, with our politics today at its core um, stems from from the control that these two private organizations have over the entire process. If you like this episode or found it informative and are interested in hearing more content like it, be sure to leave a review where possible and like or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening. And as always, stay independent.